Joining us on POTUS is Michael Caputo. Michael's a former campaign senior advisor to the campaign of one Donald Trump. He is tweeting at Michael R. Caputo. Michael, welcome. Thanks, and uh, welcome back, I should say. Thanks for being on the show today. Well, thanks a lot for inviting me again. All right, so uh, give us your takeaway. First of all, uh, we've got a meeting today. President, uh, President Trump is going to be meeting with business leaders, later with workers. He's got the bicameral uh, meeting uh, with the House and Senate. Democrats and Republicans, then later he has uh, get together with Speaker Paul Ryan. What do you think is going on in these first days of the administration? What, what do you think is, uh, give us a sense of what you think are the priorities right now? Well, I think obviously the priorities are, are the immediate ones. As you, you just discussed a moment ago, uh, uh, tax reform and health care reform. I mean, these are issues that can have an immediate impact on things like job creation. That's one of the reasons why he's meeting with all those business leaders. I mean, I worked with a lot of the fellows that are going to be there in, in the past, and, and they saw the, the dramatic impact that Obamacare had on their ability to create jobs, and even worse so in the smaller business arena. So, you know, when just fixing Obamacare isn't just for the people who are suffering, like my family, from uh, outrageous premiums and, and, and tremendously high deductibles. It's also about uh, freeing these business leaders and businesses across the United States uh, up to uh, to go ahead and create jobs that, that Obamacare was pushing them against. And of course, you know, tax reform is a, is, is one of those issues that, uh, that the Republicans in Congress, who at times have been uh, uh, you know negative about President Trump, it's something they agree on and they, they can work you know move forward on very quickly. I think President Trump is trying to. Uh, pick up the balls that he can run with, you know, first, the ones that the blockers and tacklers in, in the House and the Senate will help him with, and the more difficult, the more stickier wickets uh, he'll go for uh, in the weeks ahead. Would you say that it would be advisable for him to undo executive actions? He can do that easily as president. On the other hand, there are some complications to some of these executive actions that were signed into effect by President Obama. In addition to that, I wonder if you think that that would set uh, a marker, if you will, and maybe be throwing down the gauntlet to Democrats saying, look, I can do this, and that might make them less willing to come to the table. What do you think from the political standpoint the advisability of it would be for him to sign some of these executive orders, undoing the previous president's executive orders? Well, it's an interesting thing. I was involved in a bit during the, my time at Trump Tower. Um, they were advisors to uh, President George W. Bush, who who shared their experiences with a lot of uh, upper echelon types at the at the uh, in Trump Tower about how uh, George W. Bush uh, they actually didn't find all of Bill Clinton's executive actions and regulations buried in the sub agencies and they didn't find all of them for two years so in effect George W. Bush was running the Clinton administration for the first two years of his own and that's something that frustrated the W. administration very much and so. Uh, 18 months before the before the uh, convention, uh, there were a lot of uh, there were a team of lawyers who were out there looking for uh, all the uh, regulations and trying to identify them all long before we even knew who our nominee was going to be. They found you know hundreds and even more thousands of them, and uh, you know identified them all and even put together all the necessary paperwork to rescind all of those actions. The only thing that was missing was a signature block because they didn't know who was going to be the nominee. Well, when we think, when, they, when, when Donald Trump emerged as the nominee, uh, uh, the, this group, which is based at American Crossroads, uh, provided those, that information to the Trump team and then moved into the transition and got him to be a, a larger project. 
And now President Trump has every single one of those uh, presidential, you know, Obama's actions, all the unilateral actions that didn't uh, come out of the Congress, he has them on his desk and he can pick and choose each one. I think this is going to be a, a historic presidency just from day one because he's able to, to, to eliminate all of the things that Obama did unilaterally to hurt jobs and it's never been done before. Again, do you think that that will still be the kind of action that Democrats will say, well, I understand that, and therefore let's go ahead and do some things together? Or do you think that they might take that as a as a challenge, just as Republicans thought, okay, President Obama, you're doing this stuff. We're not going to work with you on these things if you're going to just try to use the phone and the pen. Well, I, I think that you're going to find uh, Democrats in the Senate and the House who are looking for any reason not to work with Donald Trump. Um, if, you know, uh, doing what he can to undo the things that Obama did to hurt this economy upsets them, well, so be it. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, uh, the Republicans hold a majority in the House and the Senate. They hold the administration. And the Democrats can either work alongside, you know, try to leaven some of this bread uh, as it comes out of the oven, or they can, you know, stand in opposition and have zero impact. And, and that's a choice they're going to have to make. Unfortunately, as we all know, partisanship reigns in Washington right now. And I'm sure we'll see some peel off very early. Uh, once again, we're speaking with Michael Caputo, former senior advisor to the Donald Trump campaign. We're talking about this first 100 days, what he could or maybe won't get done. Uh, one thing I noticed, the Justice Department evidently has concluded that Jared Kushner serving in the administration would not be a violation of federal anti-nepotism laws. You have written also that you believe that Donald Trump should not release his tax returns. Kellyanne Conway, senior advisor to the administration, has indicated that he will not be doing that under any circumstances. Are you concerned that questions about ethics and questions about things like the tax returns are going to bog down this administration in playing more defense? Well, the, the tax return argument is one that was created, you know, decades ago, maybe three decades ago. By 1976. The, right, and, and, by, and, by the, and by the Democrats to try to challenge Republicans they were coming up against. It's not a law. And by the way, Jen, I understand that, but, de but Democrats, I mean, Republicans like Gerald Ford understood that they thought it was necessary to do that, especially in the wake of Watergate and the idea of having trust between the American people and their elected officials. No question. You couldn't pick a president who was more in contrast to Donald Trump. You know, Donald Trump is not the kind of uh, president that's going to roll over for, uh, for uh, you know, demands on the other side for things that aren't required, like the, like the tax returns. I advised Mr. Trump when he asked me, about the tax returns to, to, to not release them, never release them, and free the American people and, and, and future candidates from this canard of, an, of a demand that comes out of the media and out of the Democrats. You don't get anything from the tax returns that, that people are looking for. It's more of this, oh, if you're hiding your tax returns, you're hiding Vladimir Putin at page 27. It's all a bogus. It's all spin. And it didn't stop Donald Trump in the, in the campaign. It's not going to stall him at all in the presidency. Well, a week ago, and, you know, you can believe polls or not, but according to a poll that was taken a week ago, 74% of Americans think he should release his tax returns. Right, and when you get into the, 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 the you know, if you push that poll question, you tell them what is actually in the tax returns and what can actually be found out from the tax returns, those numbers change significantly. You know, I don't think Donald Trump is just going to put his finger in the wind and do the things that people find popular. And also, as we said, believe the polls or not, if we believe the polls, Donald Trump would not be president today. Did you also think that the, uh, give us your overall impression of the inauguration speech? I thought the inauguration speech was up 
uplifting. I thought it was a solid uh, 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 presentation. You know, it was, was written by the same fellow who wrote uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, the convention speech, but it was decidedly different. I think that you know, everybody who was watching that, I mean, uh, my opinion, the best speech that Donald Trump ever delivered. And I was nervous about it because I didn't want to have a call to arms, you know, a partisan speech. And I was, I was thrilled to see that he was, he was painting in broader, in broader strokes and, and talking more about, you know, about him being a servant to the people instead of, you know, some, what some might say were some of the more, uh, you know, kind of uh, me-centered speeches that he's given in the past. Uh, this is a different kind of uh, uh, Donald Trump. And now that he's in the White House, I'm expecting to see uh, a more broad strokes and higher-minded speeches in the future. And real quick, uh, you get, did you get punched in the jaw when you were walking uh, after the yeah, inauguration? Yeah, after the inauguration, I had to run off to go to a reception being held by Governor Rick Scott of Florida. So my wife and I were kind of running down, you know, moving quickly down the street uh, that runs parallel to the mall. It was empty. We weren't wearing any Trump regalia, no buttons, no scarves, no hats. We're just moving along. And uh, a protester uh, who was come, and by the way, surrounded by Trump people that were better, you know, easier targets for him. He was walking toward me about five yards away, and then took, you know, five or six quick steps and laid his shoulder into my jaw and knocked out one of my teeth and gave me a good-sized bruise. Um, I didn't even see it coming. I was blindsided, completely cold-cocked. He didn't knock me down, but it certainly seemed after uh, talking to people who were around me that he was trying to knock me out. Um, I, I heard about these things all around at different exits to the inauguration. I have many friends who were in, in similar situations. Frank Luntz, and a New York State Assemblyman, others uh, were involved in these things. This was an organized attempt to disrupt. It certainly seemed to be uh, uh, a command structure, probably paid for, like the, like the protesters uh, who were uh, trying to disrupt Trump rallies. This doesn't go well for the future. Well, we're glad you're feeling better today and that you're able to speak with us. <laughs> Sorry, but uh, Michael, thanks for being on POTUS today. Thank you very much for the invitation. Michael Caputo, former campaign senior advisor to the Donald Trump campaign, obviously a supporter of Donald Trump, giving us his thoughts in the first hundred days, what remains to be done and what kinds of obstacles might be in the way he's tweeting at Michael R. Caputo. POTUS.